0: Hi everyone, welcome to the fake podcast, Fashion for Animal Kingdom and Environment. We recorded this podcast on Zoom, so the sound won't be the best, but trust me, the knowledge we'll have on this podcast is the best. We received the founder of Immaculate Vegan and Shop Like You Give a Damn, so let's go right into it. Hi everyone! Welcome to the Fake Podcast. Uh, we are here to create inspiring conversation with powerful guests, and uh, today we have two amazing human beings: uh, Annick Ireland, <laughs> she's the founder of Immaculate Vegan, and Stefan Stegeman, founder of Shop Like You Give a Dame. And um, I think the best is to go right into it. I let you introduce yourself, tell me a little more about um, what you do, and. Uh, yeah, maybe Anik, you want to start?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, So I'm Anique. I'm the founder of Immaculate Vegan, co-founder. So I have, a, have another person running the business with me. Um, we launched Immaculate Vegan as a e-commerce platform about 18 months ago. Um, but we actually started about three years ago on Instagram and then as a content website. So we've been around for a little bit, but, but not for that long as a sort of uh, a fully functioning business. Um, And really what we're here to do is essentially help people be inspired and informed um, and then hopefully find and um, support their favorite vegan brands from around the world. Um, So we sell only 100% vegan products, but we also have a really strong focus on sustainability as well. Um, And we are very strong in fashion. So we have a lot of shoes and bags and accessories and clothing, um, but we also sell beauty and homewares as well.
0: Nice, I already have a thousand questions in mind, but <laughs> uh, Stefan, tell us a little more about you and about what you do.
2: Yeah, so basically, everything what Anik just said. <laughs> um, so what we do, we're a marketplace. Um, we started out as an affiliate platform actually, um, never got to the monetization of that though, but we uh, we pivoted into a, a marketplace after only s- six seven months, I believe. Yeah. And um, what we do is we collect. Uh, all, we also collect brands in the in the fashion, cosmetics, and a little bit of homeware, um, surrounding uh, vegan, fair, sustainable, inclusive, and social businesses. Um, and yeah, if you wanna, you know, try, try to put it all into one sentence, I would say that we try to make it easy for everyone to make the better choice, whatever better means for that per- person, and really making it e- as easy as possible by doing the research for the for the, for the people.
0: Beautiful. And um yeah, actually I'm I'm doing kind of the same with fake. Uh the only difference is that we don't have a store per se. Not not yet, but I'm still thinking about it. And um I just want to say, is the first time you guys meet, right?
1: It's the first time we've actually sort of yeah spoke like this. We've just had a very brief kind of uh messaging on LinkedIn, but um but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah this is the first was- time we're meeting. I right. was really
2: impressed with Anika's appearance on BBC. I had I had to do a shout out because it was it was yeah. so sort of, oh. good. <laughs> it a big record for you know the whole vegan scene as well. So people need to be applauded for that.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, that was a, that was a hard one. They asked me some hard questions, but I think I think we're used to that, right, in the vegan space. Oh yes. Well, one question I get asked a lot. I don't know if you get this, Stefan. Is uh, maybe may, Jonathan? We talked about this before as well, right? Is that. Um, Sometimes you hear from people who don't really know much about vegan fashion. And one of the first things I get is, oh, well, isn't it all plastic? You know, it's, it's, just, it's just made of plastic instead of leather, isn't it? And surely that's worse for the environment. Mm. And that's one thing I find quite difficult to answer because, I mean, on, on the one hand, I think, you know, I'm sure like, like you know, shop like you give a damn um, and the fake movement, we try to really interrogate all of our brands and make sure that, you know, we're, we're getting brands that are using the most sustainable vegan materials they possibly can. And there is a massive range out there, you know. So there are people that use PVC, which we steer well away from um, because you know that's incredibly unsustainable. Um, we try and pick you know brands that are using more of the plant-based leathers, you know, so there's as little plastic as possible. But the reality is that a lot of vegan leathers do contain some level of plastic, and that's really for durability. Um, and if you don't have that, then you get products that don't they don't last, and that's not sustainable either. So I think that for me is, is sometimes a hard one because you sort of have to try and explain to people, well, yes, there is sometimes plastic, but one, there's different kinds of plastic and some are more sustainable than others, you know, particularly when you're talking about recycled plastics as well. Um, but also there's a reason why there is some level of plastic and it's still better than animal leather, which is actually incredibly unsustainable. So that's, that's kind of one, one topic I find quite you know, that comes up all the time and is, is sometimes a bit, you know, difficult to answer. I don't know about you, Stefan, do you get that?
2: I get that yeah I, th- I would say that that is the one thing we get a lot um, and especially from people who actually know a lot about sustainability they're always like yeah but plastic though
1: and
2: and and it's kind of frustrating and um, of course you know you always try to talk about the ethics of it you know killing for uh, a code or just you know having something th- uh, created uh, you talk about the virgin plastic versus the non-virgin plastic. You talk about a lot of things, and indeed, it's it's kind of a hard discussion because these people, most of the time, they, they come from a different angle, the sustainability angle, and of course, it makes more sense to use certain, uh, certain you know um, materials and 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 avoid others. But like you said, Anik, it's it's really hard. For instance, when you when we're talking like apple leather, it's it's PU for for a big part, right? still yeah. and, and the percentage is going down so the more we're producing the more you know um innovation goes into these materials and they'll get better and more stable over time yeah. but but yeah that's I, I i totally agree that's the hardest one
0: yeah there yeah. is actually a, a new material that just came out like a month ago called leap l-e-l-p and uh, yeah and it's like 99 apple uh, apple skin leather and um, yeah, I, I get this a lot as well. People tell me that uh, leather is a natural fabric that yeah. is uh, sustainable because it lasts very long and uh, anyway, it's a byproduct. So when you hear that, you're like, oh, actually it's, it's true, that can make sense. But when you start to dig deeper, you realize that uh, it's not a natural product. You need around 50 different chemicals to create this piece of leather. So it uses yeah. actually way more chemicals than plastic to create. And it is not a byproduct; product uh, it's, uh, it's a co-product because it becomes a brand new product and um, because of all the chemicals you add. And a lot of leather, I mean, a lot of these animals are raised just for their skin. So yeah. it means land, water, food, uh, all yeah. this just to have a piece of leather. And yeah, I like to say when people tell me it's it's natural, I say plastic is natural as well. It's a natural chemical reaction, so if leather is natural plastic is natural as well
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and I think look yeah animal leather's has, you know many many hundreds of years of PR <laughs> around the whole natural thing right and you're sort of trying to battle that that whole idea of it's premium it's natural um, it's a byproduct I think it's hard to sometimes give people that information or enough information to sort of get them to understand but I, I think yeah, I mean, just give, you know, some of the stats that you just gave, Jonathan, around, you know, how many chemicals are used in leather tanning. Mm. I think a lot of people are really shocked by that. They hadn't really, you know, yeah. thought that that's what it entails.
0: Yeah, and there is many studies that proves it. I always talk about the posts of the fashion industry. It's one of the most famous because they are the leading in the sustainable fashion studies. And they proves that the production of animal leather is by far the worst for the yeah. environment.
1: Yeah, yeah, we use that a lot. Yeah, from the Higgs index. Yeah, we we um, we quote that a lot. And I guess the other one, because it also shows how bad silk and wool are, right? Yeah. Because um, that's another thing we get. Right. Well, what's what's wrong with wool? You know, the yeah. animals aren't killed, or what's wrong with silk? And again, that's a whole other like. Well, wow. <laughs> 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 like, you know, where do I start? <laughs> so I think there is just a lot of misinformation or assumptions that you have to try and. Um, help people navigate and, and and explain without without being preachy or judgmental, right? You're just trying to give information so that people can actually then hopefully make a better choice.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. and we need to, you know, we can also, you know, play the people angle because leather is also really, you know, harmful for the people working in those in those factories and those uh, tanning uh, um, um, you know, fa- factories because, you know, all these chemicals are going into the water, which people are bathing in, drinking from, uh, you know, cleaning their houses with and uh, people are really getting almost, you know. There's a lot of uh, research in, in, into this, but people are getting born mutated because yeah. of all the chemicals in, in, in the in the environment. And so, even if we we're only talking, or we're, we don't even have to only talk about animals or sustainability, it's actually also people. It's the whole my arts, It's everything. Mm.
1: I think that's the, I think that's the thing about vegan fashion. And you, you know, you mentioned it, Stefan, about you know we're not we're not just vegan. You know, we're here. We're obviously sustainable, and we're also. Um, you know, we're picking socially minded businesses as well. I think it's that whole thing, isn't it, of people, planet, and animals. Mm. And you know, so much of fast fashion, even if it doesn't have animal materials in it, is also just it's terrible for people. It's terrible for the workers, you know, there's you know countless uh, um stats around you know how little most garment workers in the world are paid, you know, the conditions they work under. So that but yeah, I think I think we sort of have to approach it from all those different angles, while also, you know, it's very hard to find brands that are 100% perfect in everything, but I think that that's the goal, right? To try and find brands that are doing really well in all of those different areas.
2: Yeah, you know what, you know what a fun fact I, I learned a, a few, I don't know, a few months ago, is that plastic is actually invented to take animals out of the supply chain. Oh, really? Yeah, so there was this guy, like I think it was 100 years ago, and he was playing uh, pool a lot, like, uh, and, and, he, and they make, made those balls from ivory. And he was like, I don't want to have ivory balls. That's so bad. We have to kill all these rhinos and, and elephants for that. So let's create something that's you know similar to that those balls, but are, is actually not. Um, not from animals, and then he created plastic. And in his mind, this this, this person was like, "We are going to create a, a product that is so awesome; it can uh, carry a thousand times its own weight. You can clean it. It's super durable. You can't, you know, if you can't even break it if you try, it, it will be the most amazing um, um, fabric out there." And then, you know, people started treating this very amazing thing, plastic, as um, well something you throw away, and use once, and then everything escalated, of course, and everything went to uh, well. Shit, <laughs> okay. but um, but yeah. So so actually, you know, the whole plastic is basically created to get animals out of the. Whole the
1: intention thing. was good. It was a you know, it was a good a good intention.
2: Yeah, good intentions, but you know, it backfired a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, that's most of the time the case. Uh, I often talk about uh, Dr. Carmen who created the piñatex. Uh, she didn't create piñatex just because like oh, I see pineapple. Let's try to do a like uh, like something out of it. She, she she worked actually for, I think, 15 years in the leather industry. And she was so shocked of how bad it is that she decided to find an alternative. So when, and, and I'm pretty sure that for the Apple Skin cactus Leather is the same thing. So yeah. instead of saying, oh, this is bad, it contains a little bit of PU, try to understand in comparison to what, why this is here. This is here because there is a problem. So this is a solution. And uh, like we just say, we have now a, a brand new alternative with 99% uh, of uh, Apple. So hopefully now uh, Cactus, I don't know, they have maybe uh, 60% of Cactus, 40% of PU, I say a random number. But hopefully by supporting them, uh, they will have then 80% of Cactus, 90%, 99%. And that's how it exactly. goes We this is why we yeah,
1: need- The technology is getting better all the time isn't it? I think there's a there's a um, company called Biofilica that are making leaf-based uh, leather as well and I think I, my understanding is that they're plastic free too. So I think there's so many innovations in this area. I think it is going to get better and better but I think also just recognizing that you know brands are trying to do the best they can right now with what's available and it's still better than the alternative. Not again not just from animal welfare but also for people and for sustainability as well that you know they're still better than animal leather, which is what we're trying to get away from.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Vegan is not always sustainable, but sustainable should always be vegan.
1: <laughs> right, so I find this really interesting. So Stefan, I don't know about you, but how many marketplaces or retailers do you see that label themselves sustainable? And then you have a look and they're full of leather and wool and silk and you're like, oh, really? Like how, how are you calling yourself sustainable when you're using... What is objectively measured to be the least sustainable materials that can be used in fashion?
2: Yeah, good question. Now, what I what I found over the last few years is that a lot of people have really good intentions and they really want to make a difference, but a lot of people are, you know, very ill-informed because uh, we're we have uh, been on our journey for around four years now. You know, have been online for two, but but and and especially the last. I think last year, we, we took like a, we, we speeded up our learning curve, our learning process. And we found out uh, that in the beginning, we were same as everybody, basically, we were greenwashing and, and but not unt- intentionally, we were really thinking we were doing great, but we learned that so much by just, you know, really diving deep and doing our research. And and still we're learning every day so i believe a lot of, a lot of marketplaces brands uh shops it uh, doesn't really matter what what type of business you own but or want to want to run but a lot of people um and, and and including myself here we need to keep on learning we need to keep unlearning and relearning um and that's the hard part because it, it basically asks from asks from us that we need to keep you know, being being on the whole time because as we were we were just talking about stuff changes all, all the time stuff stuff gets better better materials uh, hopefully, the you know the whole supply chain and 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 people working in in the supply chain in the in the production of the of the items uh, of, of the of the garments uh, that that will get better too, and we we will need to adjust again and relearn again and help them you know gain more rights in other areas. So yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a learning experience for all, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think sustainable is itself you know it's not a clearly defined term. I think it does mean different things to different people. So for some people, it might, you know, it might just be about materials, for example. Um, but they're not, you know, it's not really about how that product's made or you know, manufacturing or production processes or you know, maybe they're not looking at packaging. So I think there's so many different things that sustainability can affect, uh, you know, along along the whole supply chain, um, which can feel quite overwhelming sometimes. I think. I mean, and I think that for you know for consumers as well, it's like, how do you you know, how do you pick something that's sustainable and ethical? Like how do you try and do all that work? Or how, you know, how do you, how do you trust brands, you know, particularly sort of big, really big corporate brands who might have a, you know, a conscious collection who's just come out, you know, is, is that good? Is it bad? You know, I, th- I think that's, that is really hard.
2: It's super hard. It's super hard. Um, yeah, really hard. And I mean, you could even like, what we were talking about earlier, the whole sustainability thing, you know, sustaining someone's life for longer than 40 or 50 years when they're working in, in the business that could be a sustainable goal as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something just you know, putting it out there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah exactly. It, exactly.
1: No, <laughs> a term, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really it's exactly like you're saying. It's it it can mean a lot of different things for a lot of people.
0: And so, why did you decided to for both of you? Uh, why did you decided to uh, create a business in the vegan fashion world? Was it like you became vegan and then you wanted to go into fashion or you were in fashion
2: and like how it came?
1: You wanna start, Stefan? I'd love to know your story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for me, I think it all started with frustration. And you know how people say that, uh, you know, when a bird picks you and takes a little shit on you, a nice pigeon dropping on you. <laughs> well, it all started with that for us. Actually, we were sitting drinking a cup of coffee and as there was this bird moment. We were talking about how it was good luck. Then I started ranting to one of my now co-founders, Alex, uh, about, you know, that it's so hard as a vegan to find clothing, especially for a man there's not a lot of brands actually creating uh, quality, sustainable uh, vegan clothing. And I was complaining about this. And there was this moment where it hit me, if I am having this problem, a lot of other people are probably also having this problem. So that was the the, the light bulb moment. Uh, for, hey, I can maybe I can make a business out of this. And it took us a while, you know, figuring it out what we wanted to do. And if you're talking about our journey, I would say that it's it's different for everybody. I'm really curious to learn for, from how uh, Anika's story went, but um, and also your story, by the way, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. But for me, then we were basically trying to get those um, those vegan uh, clothes, uh, brands online, and then people were like, "Hey, what about that plastic? You know, those bags are made from plastic. Where oh yeah, yeah, maybe something with sustainability too. It makes sense. Ethics." And then you know we 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 learn more about the people. Oh yeah, yeah. We need to we know be, be a fair uh, fair company as well. And then you know Black Lives Matter happened really hard. And then we d- dove into the whole uh, inclusive uh, vibe, and we learned a lot about that as well. And of course, yeah. there's always the, the last part. You know, the the, the companies giving back, and that's a nice plus. But it's especially those first four things: the vegan, uh, fair, sustainable, and inclusive. Uh, areas, um, th- that, that we just learned one by one, actually, it was just a journey by being open and, 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 you know, really open to learn that, that I think that's how we, how we became, how we are now and will continue changing probably over the upcoming years as well.
1: Yeah. Nice. My story is really similar, actually. So I became vegan about five years ago and the first thing I found, I don't know about you, but I found the food side of it very easy because actually there was, you know, certainly at that time there was, lots of amazing alternatives out there, living in a big city, I could eat out really easily. So that bit I really didn't find hard. But then I started kind of just, you know, Googling vegan bags, vegan shoes, thinking, I wonder what's out there. Uh, And just, oh my God, (laughs) this is like, this is horrendous. Uh, And what, what I found at the time was just things that looked probably like my worst kind of stereotype of vegan fashion, you know, it was very frumpy, very practical, not stylish, not high quality. So I was just kind of thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be really awful. I'm going to just have to wear really horrible things all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I basically just started on Instagram. And, like, you know, you can get on a rabbit hole, right, and just, and just did a lot of web research. And, and maybe slightly different to, to you with the men's stuff. I actually found that there were lots of really beautiful brands out there for, for, for women's wear, for women's accessories and shoes, but they were just really hard to find. Um, I think they're a bit easier now, but 75 years ago, they really weren't. And so I didn't basically want somebody else to be like me and think I want to become vegan or I just want to, you know, I don't want to buy leather anymore and be put off by the fact that they just couldn't find anything really nice and really stylish. So that's why I started Immaculate Vegan really just as an Instagram blog initially. And the idea was I was working full time. um, So I thought I'll just do it as a kind of, you know, part, you know, in my spare time kind of thing. Um, And it was just really about finding, curating and sharing the very best of vegan fashion that was out there. And I tried to make it, you know, really strongly art directed. The idea was just to make it look really premium to kind of show off the fact that you can love fashion, you can love high fashion, and you can still choose ethically and sustainably. So, so it all kind of came from that really. And then, um, and then we got great feedback, we got, you know, great um, a lot of great contact with brands and then it felt like a very natural kind of next stage to to start the e-commerce platform but yeah it came out of seeing feeling frustrated and seeing a gap and thinking i don't want anyone else to to, to not be able to go down this journey because you know like you obviously really want people to, to help people um you know take that path and and you know make better choices mm. what about you jonathan
0: uh yeah it's about the same i became vegan uh a little over seven years ago, and um, long story short, uh, my dad uh, wanted to create this um, backpack that he had in mind for years because he he worked for years in the bag industry. And with my brother, we decided to help him with one condition, Uh, this company would need to be 100% vegan and we need to always try to be as ethical as possible and sustainable. Uh, I mean, ethical as possible, 100% ethical and as sustainable as possible. And um, this is how we came into this journey. And exactly the same, I felt like there was no, I couldn't really find a place where I can proudly uh, show my uh, backpack to the world. So that's how I decided to create Fake, to have, it it started with just a a small pop-up store. I just wanted to do a small pop-up store. And um, something that hit me, it's, I saw two uh, brands that were kind of selling the same uh, uh, product. So it, I think it was shoes. So two, uh, <clears throat> two people selling shoes. It was not the same type of shoes, but vegan ethical shoes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put one on this size and the other brand on the other side. And at the end of the event, I see they were talking together, sharing where they manufacture, what product they use, uh, what fabric they use. And I realized that... Everybody here, and that's why I'm so happy to have you guys here. And that's why I was asking you if you already see each other. And we can see that for the first time, you guys are talking together. And you're supposed to be a competitor, as people say, but it's the total opposite. Yeah, (laughs) it's the total opposite. You're actually helping each other and sharing information, sharing knowledge, because the goal is way bigger than ego or money. And uh, that's what I like with this movement. And that's why I'm asking you uh, this question about why you decide to go in the vegan fashion world because is it's often i will say 100% but there's always one that is not like that but 99% at least all the people that i know that are in the vegan fashion world come from uh, love compassion they became vegan they started to want to spread the positivity and uh, that's how they build this business and um, and yeah, everybody is helping each other. You know, I come from the uh, fashion industry, the conventional fashion, and I saw people being very mean with me, being very rude, saying that, uh, like trying to, 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 like never helping you, never share contact, never share anything. And the vegan fashion world is the total opposite. Everybody is helping each other. There's no competition. And uh, I think that's the beautiful part of, uh, of this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think also. I mean, ultimately, we want this. You know, we want vegan fashion to really grow, right? Right. We want a massive vegan market because, and we'll all benefit from that. But I think we—it'll be very hard for it to grow if there aren't lots of different people offering consumers lots of different things. So, you know, just like in food, if there was just one vegan burger company and there was nothing else, that's—you know—we wouldn't have seen the kind of growth that we've seen in vegan food. I think the kind of growth we've seen is because there are now loads and loads and loads of brands and lots of retailers and sellers who are who act as a platform for those brands. Um, and there's a lot of choice and that's helped consumers you know whether vegan or not actually think wow this this vegan food stuff is really good and there's loads of choice I can, you know and there's something for everyone and I think that will will only sort of see the growth of vegan fashion if again there, there's actually lots of people doing great things in in this area if there are lots of if there are lots of retailers there are lots of brands who have all given consumers amazing choice I think I think that will help us all.
2: Yeah I, I totally agree and I read once that I that a, a, a consumer or a, a person, uh, uh, you know, citizen. Sorry, that's a better word. isn't it? citizen, not consumer. Yeah, citizen. Yeah, <laughs> that they, they tend to need to see a specific advertisement or a brand for like twenty-seven times before they convert. And um, and the fun fun thing is because we are we are trying to you know we are a movement together, and for us it's more like we need. People to see the movement 27 times right yeah. it doesn't really matter where yeah. they buy it's more about that they, they they are actually confronted with the whole vegan and sustainable and ethical the ethical message basically from uh behind it and we're helping each other out right we're, we're yeah. making the pile bigger not you know taking from each other every step we take right. we create more from you know where that came from so yeah That's i totally
1: make it yeah we create a bigger market and and then there's you know there's an, there's enough for all of us but you're right we can't we can't do all that work by ourselves can we
0: Exactly,
1: and we can't get that exposure around around the message. Just just if we were the only ones that existed, so we need lots and lots of other people like us to be doing the same thing. One
2: hundred percent, one hundred percent. That that's what basically uh, um, uh, I'm a part of. Evolution as well, and I'm also a board member of the Vegan Entrepreneurs Network, a a Dutch chapter. And basically, the only thing I always do is trying to connect people. With Shop Like You Give It, and we're we're connecting brands with uh, with citizens. With Evolution, we're we're connecting startups with. uh, with with investors, we're figuring entrepreneurs networks. We're we're connecting startups with startups, with mentors, with investors. Like it's all about connecting because alone we can never do this. It's it's too big of a challenge. But together we can. Yeah, I believe that's that's. I, I believe I'm my my strength lies in connecting, and that's where um you know where I want to put my energy because I want to you know invest my energy where I can make the most impact. And for me, that is indeed you know getting together with everyone, doing cool podcasts with amazing people like you. And uh, make sure people uh, you know hear the message as often as yeah. we can have them hear it.
1: Yeah. I mean, also just that's to say, I definitely am competitive. I have competitors, but they're not other vegan uh, retailers. They're the likes of Netaporte and Farfetch, uh, and you know, and all the other platforms out there that are selling animal leather and wool and silk and unethical clothing and things you know made by people that aren't being paid properly. That that's who I see as a competitor. And actually, I think United, we have a much better chance of actually winning that battle if, it, if, it, if i'm gonna get you
2: know yeah. about it
0: you're here <laughs> with conventional fashion and i i feel there's a collective consciousness that is growing and people realize that uh, conventional marketplace they tend to use famous brand to elevate their marketplace and what you guys are doing it's you yeah. use your marketplace to elevate uh, brands and that's the beauty of it and I feel like people start to realizing this that the most important is not to uh, to check all these famous brands and and uh, and check where they are but to check people check people like you and uh, yeah. and when they trust you they know that they can trust every brand that are in, in your website yeah I think
1: yeah that's a really nice way of putting it and I, th- I think that's exactly it. I mean, I think like you, Stefan, you know, pretty much all our brands, they're, they're they're small brands. The very essence of what they do is anti-fast fashion. So it is yeah. small production. It is slow fashion. It's not, you know, constantly coming up with loads of products every season. It's the antithesis of that. And many of them are not so well known, obviously. So part of our job is actually to tell their story. And they have amazing stories. Um, you know, really, really interesting founder stories. And they're obviously, you know, very purpose-driven they're doing very innovative pioneering things you know in manufacturing and also you know the factories they work with and how you know, how they treat their staff so they're at kind of at the forefront I think of lots of really exciting things and actually our job is just to try and yeah to try to try and expose them and tell their story as much as we can hmm. and then and then we win as well so it's you know it's, it's a lovely win-win situation
0: it is so I had a, a question before we start talking a little more about how you build, uh, the marketplace. Uh, I'm on your website right now. And I see, so shop, like you give a name, you say shop compassionately and as little as possible. And on immaculate vegan in one of your blog, you say, learn to love what you have. So it's again, another proof that there's no competition here, it's only love. you are selling products and you are telling to your audience, don't buy too much. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you explain that? Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that can go against, I mean, against the business, you know, but uh, how you, that's the proof that your message is way more important than uh, that what you do. Like if you want to expand a little more but on this.
2: Please, Unique, go go ahead.
1: Yeah. um so well so i like to say my when i was growing up my mum had a saying that i think she got from from her mum um and i think it's she's russian so it's a russian saying and it was basically um i'm not rich enough to buy cheap clothes and and so my mum's kind of uh um view was that basically you should always buy very very few things but buy really good things so really save up you know, buy, buy really expensive things, the highest quality you possibly can. This was like well before anything around sustainability was you, know, was, you know, fashionable. But actually, I think that approach is naturally very, very sustainable, right? So because, you know, it's all about, you know, it's the, again, it's the antithesis of fast fashion. It's all about you just buy what you need, you buy the best stuff possible, um, and, you, and you really make it last. So, you know, I think, you know, similar to, to, to you, Stefan, you know, we, are, we don't sell super cheap items at all. Um, now, you know, part, partly that's also because if you want to make sure that people are actually paid fairly for, for what they're producing, that obviously means that you can't, you know, you can't sell a bag for £10 or a bikini for £5 or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, that, that cost obviously goes into the cost of the product. But I think also it's about having high quality materials, great craftsmanship. So you're buying something that is going to last a long time. So I think, you know, for our our business model is not based on people buying very high volumes of products at all. You know we can still be commercially viable as a company um, by selling by selling a lot less because we're selling quite premium products um, and again you know obviously we have customers that come back we sell a lot of different categories so um, you know it's not that we're going to you know not, not be able to last as a business by doing what we're doing, but I think it's just yeah we're not, we're not reliant on people buying huge amounts of products that they don't need um, and that just end up in landfill. Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I love the I love the saying. By the way, I didn't know that one. It's nice, isn't um, it? I really like that. that. It's really good. Uh, um, yeah, and and I I believe we can consume our way in, into a, like a sustainable world, right? We we should like consume a lot less. Uh, so for me, it's really about you know making sure that people uh, actually exactly like you said, Anik, love what they have, and and only buy what they need. Um, because the more we buy, everything we buy, nothing is sustainable. You can't. There is no such thing as a sustainable product. It always takes from the earth, yeah. and maybe we can compensate it. But on average, it's, this, I, this is something I I, I just um, know by heart. But just pure randomly, uh, I know this from a from from a plane ticket. I think a ticket from somewhere in Europe to like somewhere in Bali or Indonesia, it takes about forty years to offset. The, the, the carbon emissions from that specific flight uh, with planting trees because the trees have to grow, they have to capture the, 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 the carbon dioxide again and it's it's not sustainable because you know are these trees gonna be there in forty years? who knows and are they are, you know and, and are they going to like cap, capture enough um, enough uh, carbon emissions again? Uh, it also depends on the ground where they're standing, if what's in the ground and so it's super like not transparent. Uh, so for me, indeed, it's like, please don't use stuff and just, you know, use stuff a lot, but don't buy stuff a lot. And, um, and please just, you know, love what you have. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think when you look at, you know, stats around, you know, how many new clothing items people used to buy, for example, 50 years ago or 20 years ago, again, I mean, it's just, it's just going up like that, isn't it? And, and we're so, you know, as citizens encouraged to buy just so much, um, and and buy so much stuff that we're not even really using either. You know, again, you know, horrible stats about just how much clothing just goes straight into landfill. Often you know, clothing items are often just worn once, or worn a handful of times. I mean, that's that's just one of the most unsustainable things you can do, isn't it? So yeah, why would why would any of us want to perpetuate that?
0: And so how do you choose your brands to be a part of your let, let's say I'm a brand and I want to be a part of your marketplace? How it, it is possible?
1: Stefan, do you want to start? All right. <laughs> um
2: I think this is um our biggest challenge in general. Um, because if you're looking at it from like a holistic point of view, if you want to really find good brands, right? Um, it's really hard to verify the claims brands uh, brands are you know throwing out there. Uh we we the thing is, I guess if we wanna um I, I I wrote down a sentence somewhere. I don't know where I got it. If I thought about it, if thought of it, of somebody else thought of, thought of it, or it's maybe a super um, um, a famous sentence. I don't know, but it said it said I want to be a, a market leader in trustworthiness. So, and we're now thinking about this. It's actually you know exactly what it is. If People come to our, you know, if, it, if it's immaculate vegan or the fake movement or shop like you don't, or at the, a, any other ethical uh, place where you can shop, You, we need people to trust that we, or people need us to trust, you know, th- that we do the research, that we know what we're doing. And, um, you know, choosing brands is, is the most important thing we do because that's what we're selling. That's what we're, you know, if we choose the wrong one, we could contribute to like a lot of environmental damage or uh, exploiting people or even killing animals because, A lot of brands, you know, they they actually don't know. It's what I said earlier, like a lot of people try and they're doing their best. But, you know, in reality, if we have brands, if we ask them the question, are you vegan? They say, yes, our paint is water based. And They're like, that's not what I meant. Um, No, are you vegan? Do you use animal um, animals in stuff, the derivatives in your in your products? They're like, yeah, yeah, we're organic. Nail, what are you saying? So these these brands are really trying, but they not always, you know, they not yeah. always know. And um, so, so I would say, you know, choosing brands is hard, and we, what we do is ask a lot of questions and being really thorough about it. That's how we do it, and that's the hard, hardest thing we're doing at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd echo that. I think we so we try to look at four different areas. So we look at one is materials. So obviously, everything has to be 100% animal free and cruelty free. Um, but even then, you do have to really interrogate people because people can think something is vegan when it's not. So we almost brought on a really beautiful pyjama brand a few months ago, and then we found out that they had buttons made from Mother of Pearl, and they told us they were vegan, and it was only because we had gone through sort of the detail of everything. We were like, you've got Mother of Pearl buttons, that's not vegan. Um, and again, I've seen those pyjamas being labeled as vegan somewhere else, right? So I think we are really sort of, we really do interrogate and check everything really carefully. But also has to be the most sustainable materials that are possible as well. Again, there's no, you know, nothing is perfect, but, you know, it's brands that are trying to do the best they can with what's available. So, materials is one, manufacturing is another. So, are they, again, aiming for the most sustainable manufacturing processes that they can? So, that might include things like using renewable energy. Or having factories that use closed-loop technology, where everything's getting recycled. So there's lots of different things that they can do. Again, it's not like a, there's a recipe of you must do exactly this because it does vary. But it's just really spending time going through the details and and I guess making an assessment of how you know how well do we think they're doing. The third thing is ethical labour, um, and again, you know, obviously with all of this, we're totally reliant on what our brands are telling us. We're not an auditing body. We're not. We can't go into every factory around the world and and quiz their garment workers. But I think transparency is a very, very good sign here. So how transparent are they about where their factories are, what their workers, you know, who their workers are, are they showing off their workers? You know, are they part of the fashion revolution? You know, who made my clothes? So as much as they're doing to really expose who their workers are and talk about how they treat them and pay them, I think that is that's a very good indicator. And then the last one is packaging. So we kind of look at Again, you know, what kind of packaging do they use? Is it is it plastic free or is it recycled or recyclable? Again, not everyone is perfect, but are they trying to do the best they can? So we tend to sort of look at those four buckets, but yeah, there's not a it's not a kind of binary yes or no. Apart from the vegan thing, that is a very kind of binary, right? Everything else is because it's around sustainability and ethics. Is I guess it's a spectrum of how how good are they being, and do we feel that that is that is still really strong?
0: And so what, what would you say is the goal of your marketplace when you uh, had a new brand on your marketplace? What is the goal of, of it? What do you have in mind in, in 10 years? <laughs>
1: mm. Well, I want, I want to be the vegan less right. I guess what I mean by that is I want vegan fashion to be mainstream, to just be you know, the, the best of the very, very best of fashion out there. And I guess maybe the reason I use net mm. a and by the way, you know, we're, we're not a kind of designer at all. We have a real range. Mm. Um, I call us premium rather than luxury, for example. Um, and we're, we're selling more much more accessible price points generally. But I guess it's about being seen as it's still high fashion. It's still beautiful. It's still stylish. You don't have to make a compromise. You know, there's no such thing as what well, there is. But, you don't. you know, vegan fashion doesn't have to be frumpy. You don't have to be, you know, it's not, oh, I'm vegan, therefore I have to, you know, leave behind any ideas of being interested in fashion anymore um, or having things that will, you know, will last ages in my wardrobe. Um, it's that, it's that, so sort of, it's the pinnacle of fashion and it's also the pinnacle of ethics and it's also the pinnacle of sustainability. And all those three things are seen as coexisting very happily. That's where I'd like us to be.
2: That's an amazing answer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I, I think, you know, it, thinking about it, um, I've seen this uh, mockumentary, uh, Carnage, Following the Past by BBC uh, a, t- a while ago. Have you seen it?
1: Oh, I am mean, I'm still. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: where vegans are kind of uh, non-vegans. It's kind of like, oh my God, you eat me! Like, that's just the most, you're like a social pariah if you, if you yeah.
2: Yeah, you are, Yeah. exactly. And, and what I love about that, that mockumentary is that they're t- telling people, we are not vegans, you are carnists. So so where yeah. so if you, you ask me I'm I'm totally on the same page as Anikir. Uh, I think it's really important that we, we we become just a marketplace with beautiful products, uh, yeah. and that the other ones were the bloody very yeah. cruel, fast fashiony brands and that that's labeled as that. But we're just the normal choice. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah, vegan is the norm.
2: Vegan is the norm. We, we should get there.
1: Yeah. My cousin is doing a
0: pastry. Uh, he's an amazing uh, chef, and he's uh, he wants to make a book uh, with only vegan pastry because he's passionate about it. Even though he's not vegan, but he's passionate about finding alternatives. And uh, he told me uh, he asked me to help him to find specific words to not be too pushy or too extreme. And I tell him, but do you realize that using milk that have been stalled from a calf that's going to be killed, that people are going to eat, make brownie with it, and then pu- putting those brownie inside the milk again? This is extreme. This is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Like, EVN is not extreme, so don't worry about it. And he was like, oh, like, actually, you're right.
1: <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? When you get, yeah, people say, oh, there's extreme vegans. You're like, what am I doing that's extreme?
0: Like, yeah. I'm not getting this extreme. Oh, my God, you make... It's boring, but not extreme. <laughs> you make milk out of almonds, you're extreme. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: weird. Like, yeah, I mean, industrial farming is extreme.
0: Exactly. Industrial
1: farming is extreme.
0: I often say the goal of fake is to disappear.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's really nice. So, what you don't feel that you would have to exist anymore if if the world was as you wanted it to be.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. so, having this goal in mind, what is uh, your biggest challenge, or what do you think will be your biggest challenge? Mm.
1: So
2: yeah, I think I already you know told this just just a while back because. It's it's really you know verifying the claims by brands, uh, and you know going hand in hand with that is educating the brands in the industry, uh, reaching out our hand and um, you know helping them learn, uh, unlearn, relearn, uh, I, and that's a big challenge for for a marketplace. So that's why I'm so happy that we're now talking together and um, and and because we all have you know the, the our hearts in the in. The, Let's just assume that we have our hearts in the right place, that we really are trying to, you know, create a better world together with all the other uh, ethical marketplaces and 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 shops and brands out there. Um, It's, it's, but we can't do it alone. So we really need to help each other, and that is kind of hard because there's a lot, a lot of people, a lot of brands, a lot of stories, a lot of people who think they know and have to unlearn, and 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 we need to, you know, make that happen. And that's a big challenge. And I would say that's. Our biggest challenge as a um, well, as a, maybe as a people in, in this specific yeah. specific point in time.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd completely echo that. I mean, so, you know, sometimes it does feel like it's an overwhelming challenge, right? Um, mm-hmm. And certainly as a you know, we're we're you know we're, we're still a startup. We're really you know we're still small. So I think most of our customer base are the most obvious ones. You know, they're the ones that work hard to find us because because they want those kind of products. But ultimately, our goal. know all of us is we want to create this enormous market of people that want our products because that means they're choosing more ethically and sustainably and that's ultimately what we want to try and achieve as a collective but that can sometimes feel like wow that's that's a you know that's a that's a really big thing to achieve i mean i live in a bit of a bubble you know i'm I'm surrounded by vegan fashion every day i talk to vegan fashion brands every day so you know you can sort of think wow everyone everyone's like behind this this is amazing um, you know, and then you read a newspaper and it talks about how the sales of, you know, boohoo have trebled during COVID and you're like, oh, really? My, no. you know, shit, my, my little bubble wasn't really telling me the truth. I thought, I thought all of that was going away. So it can just feel like a really momentous task. Like how, how do like, we re- how do we really fundamentally change how people consume, how much they consume, what they consume, that, that feels like quite a big thing, which again, yeah, it just goes back to all the stuff we were saying earlier. We have to work together as a, as a collective. Um, and again, not not just in fashion. I think the, what's happening in the vegan food industry, um, which I th- which I think is a is a good I think predictor actually of what will happen in vegan fashion. I think we're not far behind. That that I think is hugely helpful as well because it's opened up the whole um, not debate e- even just the whole concept of what, what it means to have to have something that's vegan and the fact that there are loads of people who are not vegan who are trying vegan products and liking them and not thinking that wow I can't have them because I'm not vegan. You know. It's now not such a black and white thing. Mm. It's not so exclusive, or so you know, judgy, or so yeah. Vegan products are only for vegan people. It doesn't feel like that anymore, and that's that's really good.
0: Mm. And so before we end this conversation, even though I don't want to, I want to stay <laughs> all day with you guys. Uh, I,
1: like you to, party.
0: <laughs> I like to do a little game. Uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot right now. I don't know who wants to start, but you have less. <laughs> Stefan, you start. You have less than a minute to convince me to shop ethically.
2: Oh, wow. What <laughs> oh, does really mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh wow, wow, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Let me think. Let me think. Give me a few seconds to prepare my minute. <laughs> okay. You want to start, Annie? Maybe.
1: So you can add to this, Stefan, right? So I guess I guess what I would maybe start by saying is why wouldn't you shop ethically? I mean, you're a human being, right? You care about sentient beings. You care about other people like you. You care about animals. Um, you know, even if you don't care about farm animals, you know, you may have you may have cared about dogs or cats in your lifetime. Uh, so you can kind of have some empathy, I think, for other sentient beings. Now, if I told you you could buy things that were beautiful and high quality and felt and looked as good as all the stuff you you've bought in the past, the things that you've loved most in your wardrobe or in your home, but you could do all of that without hurting animals, without hurting people and reducing your impact on the planet, why would you not do that?
0: You convinced me.
1: (laughs) Yay! I've got a feeling you're quite easy to convince on on this particular topic.
2: (laughs) What about you? That's that's on the spot in a minute. That's really, really amazing.
1: So, so I don't have. No, no, I have had that question before, and that's kind of you know, oh, my hard thing, is it? it's like why why would I do that? And you're like, wow, why wouldn't you? It is actually, it is exactly
2: what it is, right? It's the whole why wouldn't you? It's if you can do everything you're doing now without hurting people, animals, and the environment, why wouldn't you? It's so obvious. It's a really yeah, you're totally right. That's the one. <laughs>
1: Exactly. I mean, it's quite hard that you could come back and counter me with, which I do get, is yeah, but it's expensive. And again, I can explain why it's more expensive and the fact that there's a range and you know you can you can choose different price points. But the fact is, if you're expect if you've been conditioned into thinking you can get, you know, a T-shirt for a fiver, I think that is quite hard to get somebody's head around the fact that okay, there's a bit of a change here and it, it is going to be buying less and buying better. Mm.
2: Yeah. I also think it will add to this whole perception of, uh, of life in general, if you learn that you know buying stuff doesn't make you happy and that yeah. it's actually engaging with people, engaging with animals, engaging with you know having fun and pursuing something that, that's meaningful to you, that that is the thing that is most important. And that if you can do that, you will probably buy less stuff, which is very good. And you'll, you know, have more money to spend on quality clothing, like the Russian saying you came up with, uh, uh, yeah. and 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 you can like have a more fulfilling life, and be an ethical person. That's like, that's a good could be a counter for that. But it's really hard to convince people with this if they don't al- already understand. They need to read a good book about happiness probably before they, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. clicks for them. But but still, that is actually the answer. We don't need all that stuff. We just don't need. it.
1: Yeah, it's not no. about how to make vegan fashion cheaper so you can buy more of it. It's not about that. It's how can you realize that that is not the way you're going to be happy in your life by by buying more and more stuff.
2: Yeah, I
0: agree. Yeah, we and,
1: one of, as well.
0: <laughs> and one of the cheapest way to have vegan fashion is second hand, and it's super cheap yeah. and it's amazing and it's vegan, it's ethical, it's everything, and it's cheap. So. I
1: think that that second-hand movement, the growth of that in the last year, I mean, that's really exciting, isn't it? And I think particularly young generations, they're just, you know, that's really become the norm. There are loads of great apps now and loads of websites, again, at very, you know, all kinds of different price points. Um, I I think that is really exciting. It used to be a bit of a stigma to buy second-hand, and and now it's actually, you know, it's it's the coolest, trendiest thing you can do.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I think that's really nice how it's got a totally different image now.
2: Mm-hmm. It, i totally agree but it is kind of um, um dangerous because a lot of people uh, knowing this will buy more because they know yeah. they can sell it on like a finted or whatever yeah. uh, and that's that's becoming a problem again because all the they're not selling the really beautiful pieces they bought at shop like even or immaculate vegan or wherever yeah. they're buying <laughs> <'cause>... <laughs> and and they're re- selling that on those platforms so it is really cool that finted and and secondhand and pre-loved and whatever you want to call it is like gaining popularity it's really important but we really we shouldn't be using it as an excuse and again to buy more or a lot
1: well and actually i think it should be used. an excuse to buy less and buy better because if you buy high quality things they have more chance of having a second than a third and a fourth life if you're buying fast fashion it often just doesn't it doesn't look good enough to then pass on to somebody else and sell it, you know? So if you fall out of love with it, you're kind of a bit stuck and it ends up going to landfill.
2: Yeah. It isn't pre-loved if you have the the fast fashion stuff, it's more like pre-flirted with or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wore it once.
0: (laughs) And on on a more deeper level, you were talking about happiness. And I often say that, uh, we, we kind of disconnect uh, our relationship with the nature and with even ourselves. And if you try to understand why you wear clothes, this is an, an external expression of yourself. So you yeah. want to share who you are. And who you deeply are, it's a compassionate human being. So when you wear your value, you, you are in line with your values. So this is the, the key to self-awareness, which is the key to happiness. So having vegan fashion will lead to happiness.
1: Yeah. Yes, it does. The ultimate mm. mm. statement bag is a vegan bag, because that yeah. What better what better statement is is there to be saying about mm.
0: yourself? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I have another game. Last oh, one. No, right. oh, yeah. yep. Get ready for this one. <laughs> I have a magic wand. I'm gonna give it to you, and you can do one positive change with it. What will it be?
1: Could it be a really big one? Well, so mine would just be to. For everyone to wake up and decide to be vegan, happily, not not feeling like it was a terrible compromise they had to make, but waking up joyfully wanting to be vegan and loving it so much they went around telling everyone else, although it wouldn't matter because everyone else was vegan anyway.
0: (laughs) What about you, Stefan?
2: Yeah, I would say, like, just, I'm going to be really cheesy here, end all suffering. (laughs) Oh, that's
1: beautiful. (laughs) It's possible, right? It is possible. It doesn't need a wand, but.
0: With people like you, it's possible. If there's only business like you sharing only beautiful values. And, uh, yeah, I, I want to thank you again for being here, for, uh, accepting to have this conversation together. Um, I think, uh, I hope that will inspire people that inspire me to see a business that supposedly are competitor coming together and sharing the exact same value. And, um, I think that was beautiful. So again, thank you so much. And I will let you a couple minutes. If you want to share a little bit about where we can find you, if you have any, I don't know, sale going on, uh, how we can support you. Um, also, yeah, cause it's very important. I often say that to people, if you can't afford to buy anything, at least leave positive reviews. That's huge. That's going to help a lot. Uh, follow likes, do all of this. And, um, yeah, Whoever want to start, share a little bit about where we can find you.
1: So we are at uh, www.immaculatevegan.com. That's our website. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Our handle is at Immaculate Vegan, all one word.
2: Yeah, we are at um, www.shoplikeyougiveitem.com or .nl for the Dutchies and people in Belgium. Um, and shop like give it give them everywhere else. Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, I believe as well. Uh, I'm not my, a great Pinterest fan myself, but <laughs> a lot of people are, so we're there as well. So yeah, shop like you give them. Thank you so much. I will leave
0: all these in the description. So yeah, love you all and vote with your money.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. It's lovely yeah.
1: talking to you. Thank you, Seven. <laughs>